Welcome to the second part of our interview with the guys from Packs and Pints. Listen and enjoy. Part of my progress, part in seas is part of my process. Policies, I promise the process. Apologies, I'm not in the mindset. Focused on the large issues. Highs the pitch of a dog whistle. I'm lost with you. Follow the sounds of the gunshots. That's when the fun stops. Cause that's when the fun stops. And that's when the sun drops. The young and hungry can't get a gum drop. The money hungry aiming for lung shots. We can't breathe. Even with masks, they can't even act like they even matter. Just cause we asked, they became even madder. Blame it on the people in office that's playing God There's never been a time that this often I prayed to God Lost in vacant thoughts, pacing, it pays to talk So much drama as of late to get jaded, it takes a lot Walk a day or two, try to put yourself inside your neighbor's shoe Paint the piper just to get a pay-per-view I see too many lies, too much cap in America I want a shield from it all, I need a Captain America I want to break down the systems that we kept in America Had to react to black people getting capped in America What happened to Brianna? No, what happened to Erica? They taking all my air, now to compare to Eric But I can't share a track unless they know that I care No crazy woman in my ear, that's why I'm blowing a Karen up When I think of Floyd, I think of 12 round sounds of the bell Now I think of brothers being grounded by rounds of the 12 Mother's tears Fall to the ground like the sound of the shell It's hard to believe in God will be surrounded in hell That's why before I sleep I say a prayer for him Every night, room scarce, food scarce That's why we terrified 4.51 in the morning, you feel the Fahrenheit Praying for my brothers a fair life Ever since it went viral they don't know how to act now We talking to the masses We've been on them like mass now They want to see the crash now They want to see all the bodies on display We respawn and then respawn Before the bodies all decay A couple months into the lockdown Cabin fever is setting in Weary to let it cough out Cancel meetings and everything Can't believe what I've seen I mean I really don't know what to feel Like what's the deal Shit's become surreal That it's become surreal But the sun is still shining on us Nature's taking course Ain't this what they predicted Ancient when it was written Distance it isn't simple it's socially awkward But all the closet Introverts are emotionally stronger Onto the bigger and better ventures Eventually it'll be mentioned In conversations like Remember when everyone Held their elbows out Remember when the toilet paper And every grocery shelf was out Definitely be a story We'll tell about If it mellows out Wait a minute I just saw Contagion With Matt Damon in it People complaining Saying the president Still mislabeling it We painted a picture With viral To make a statement with it Yacht State committed The beat stopped But the hating did it Why am I Getting burned alive, I wonder that. Last year I was discussing boom bap and mumble rap. Now they wanna kill song, now they wanna drill song. Lil' Asian ladies copping shotguns, lil' punks. Tiger to walking around called What you think, think what happened? You kept calling them ling links, basic instinct. Haters, racists, they're exposed. They threw rocks at my people, now we sharing stones. Before you pass judgment, just look at the facts, Your Honor. The camera captured the moment when he smacked my mama. You have to understand when that happened, I snapped Your Honor. I followed him back to his pad and put some kidnappers on him. I treated him like how we treat my mom, now that's a problem. Last month, someone ambushed my aunt through some acid on her. What you think I'ma do? Call Benny Lou, chat about it. Repost the video, change the status of that about it. Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's. Right, anyway, welcome back, guys. That was Sean. <laughs> that was Sean's song of the week. It was Captain America by Year of the Ox. Like I said, Year of the Ox. Hey, Virginia Beach in LA now. <laughs> JL lyrics, uh, Korean American rappers, spit bars. You know, they they we played them. You know, since they basically have been out, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they're they're speaking truths. Well, we got Carlos back, who's having conversations. So I muted him. Yeah, but we're, they're speaking truths, keeping it real. You know what I mean? No, and they're speaking about that Asian life, especially right now. What's going on after the COVID, the thing thing, and it's good to listen to that point of view and to know that they are getting discriminated just like everybody else's. Yeah, we you know up in the mix about the culture here, so we got to give a you know shout yeah. out to all of our Filipino P- Pinoy listeners. Whether you're or Korean, you know, uh, Japanese, Chinese, we're Thai, all, Vietnamese, we're all the same. We're all we're all the fucking same. We're, the struggle is the same, even though it's different. So salutes to our listeners out there. We know we know you guys are holding down, especially in the Bay. No, yeah, I think that's I 
I think that's been kind of one of the things lost with COVID-19 is like Asian discrimination. And it's, uh, it's kind of a travesty in many ways. Like that whole culture has just been kind of tossed there in the, in the mix, like in the rubble. And yeah, it's, it's fucking terrible. It's, it's like there's so many videos online of like all people, like not just white people being racist to them. Like it's fucking, it's like, yeah. like it's okay. It's like that type of racism is okay. But like, it, I, I, compare it, I compare it to what happens to like, uh, like Muslim culture in many ways for the last 20 years. I mean, right. And it's, it's kind of like, it's idiosyncratic that we just keep falling into these, uh, these things where we, we just push our, all of our aggression and all of our frustration onto this one ideal as opposed to like thinking of the actual problem no, and it's 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 befuddling no just like the the average american every time they start talking about terrorism and things like that i'm always like muslims those terror those terrorist muslims who do you think they attack the most and they always say americans and i was like no they attack mostly other muslims that are not of the same right. of the same sect you know and they're like what are you talking about and i was like muslims attack americans a very small percentage but the news makes it seem like it's a lot but they attack exactly. other they attack other muslims because they're not as extreme as them so they attack them more and people don't understand that they're like what are you talking about and i was like stop listening to fox news and like look deep into the things that muslims attack other muslims like seriously it's like 90 or like 85 90 percent more let's not make up statistics but mm-hmm. yes caesar caesar is a hundred thousand a hundred thousand percent correct mm-hmm. and that's why you know it's important like like that's why i think a group like year of the ox is important because mm-hmm. they're out there giving you know these people a voice sharing their perspective getting their point of view out there where you know where it right. might in the past mm-hmm. definitely i think it's important for sure all right well we got carlos back perfect timing yes we're gonna go into the yep, mandarin yep. questions i'm right so, here. uh we'll ask you guys these these this list of questions we ask most of our guests um hard hitting hard hitting before though we do have you mentioned fox news this is breaking news right here, brought to you by Up of the Mix. Mm-hmm. A Fox News national security correspondent, Jennifer Griffin, has confirmed the reporting that was published in that Atlantic article about Trump calling soldiers who had died in the war suckers and losers. She, quote, I've spoken with two U.S. senior officials who are on the trip to France who've confirmed to me the key details in the Atlantic article and the quotes attributed to the president, she said on Fox News. So Fox News is saying it's true. Mm. Like, how can you deny it? And Fox News rides with him, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, That's the thing. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that shit was so bad, they had to fucking spell, you know, that shit's so offensive that even they couldn't fucking ride with him. Yeah, yeah, in so many levels. Mm -hmm. So terrible. So offensive to everybody. All right. But, so, uh, so, and yet, and yet, people are still like, "Oh yeah, he's he's the guy." Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? A... All right. First question, Caesar. Go ahead. So the very first question: What's your your guys's favorite style of beer? I like IPAs, honestly. Mm-hmm. So so either amber, reds, or IPAs. Okay. My favorite is uh, Rauch beer, which is like smoke beer. Oh, Pistolero. Uh, Pistolero is Tyler's fucking favorite. Schlankerlaw, <laughs> which is from Bomberg, Germany. Hey, remember, remember that place we went to in Germany? That's what I was talking <laughs> about. Well, actually, we, we, <laughs> we, actually, we actually like legitimately oh. went specifically for this beer. Yeah. And so it's a it's a smoked Merzen, and it tastes like bacon. No, anything smoke is usually a bacon taste. Yeah. And so the entire like literally the entire time I lived in Germany, which we've talked a lot about, 
uh, I had a case of this outside my window uh, and I'd wake up hungover, cook two eggs, grab a pint of this and my hungover, my hangover would be fucking cured. And I only had one pan to clean. That, no, that's, that's fantastic. Cause it's like, uh, I feel, I feel in Germany. Oh shit. My baby coming in. But, um, yeah, with, with beer, bacon in Germany, like fantastic. I feel it goes hand in hand. And the flavors, I mean, the flavors complex, but I, I kind of like to eat. Like, me. When you drink and eat it as much as I do, yeah, the weirder the better. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> Next one, Sean. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Uh, Tyler, do you prefer cheeseburger or pizza? Oh, God. I'd have to go with pizza. You have a favorite pizza Yeah, what's your favorite spot? Um, It's got to be a clip. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. Uh, Eclipse pizza is pretty bomb. All right. You should unmute Carlos. Carlos, what's your favorite pie? I can't. I can't unmute him. Carlos has to unmute himself. Carlos, your favorite pizza. You got to unmute your th- your thing. He's probably a hamburger guy, and it's uh, cheeseburger pizza. Carlos, unmute yourself. He can he hear us? I don't know if he can hear. I us. think he can. I think he, I think he can. Can you unmute yourself? All right. Oops. Never mind. I'll I'll answer it for him. I think he's a cheeseburger guy. All right. And his favorite cheeseburger would be the awful awful, which is no longer around. No, yes. Give us a thumbs up if that's true, Carlos. Carlos, do you like the awful awful? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> it is true. Uh, oh, we should have recorded this. This we is this is fantastic. This. All right, no, we shouldn't have because it's probable <laughs> probable implications. But the next one, uh, <laughs> Tyler, what's the best thing you've watched during quarantine? Um, I restarted Supernatural. Oh, really? Nice. I love that show. Yeah, because I I started I started Smallville earlier, and I feel they're like almost in the same same era. I, I am a sucker for pretty much anything sci-fi or like horror leaning to. And uh, I I am most like business oriented when I have like vampires being killed in the background, like for some reason. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so you like True Blood and everything like that? Or I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as there's something in the background being murdered that's not human, I'm totally <laughs> cool with it. That sounds okay. great. But it, it's totally weird. Like when I worked at, so I worked at the Stick forever, mm-hmm. and I'd be sitting there doing like inventories, listening to Supernatural on TNT because it's the morning show. Yeah. People would walk in and be like, "What the hell are you listening? Like, what are you watching?" And yeah. I'm like, "Dude, this is my work shit." Like, like. Hi. So, yeah. Hi. No, like my, like, hi. <laughs> so yeah, there's the dad. I, I just, the dad I getting love, distracted. Yeah, we. Uh, when I was a kid, Friday the Thirteenth was uh, my thing, and so I I love things that just are stupidly stupid. And bump um, in the night. my favorite movie. My favorite all movie of all time is <laughs> Army of Darkness. So, hmm. like, I just love I love random B rate comedy. Sorry, sorry, Tyler. I'm looking at Leia, not you. I I <laughs> totally agree. I'm like trying to talk and wave yeah. to her. At the same yeah, time. she's like, waving at us, saying hi, while Tyler's trying to answer this question. In her is those are those her pajamas? Is she going to bed? Yeah, she's the fucking. <laughs> she's like a leopard no, or she, something. Mm-hmm. She, she's going out on the town, huh? <laughs> she she got that one piece on. Yeah. <laughs> Where's mom at? <laughs> All right. Next question. Yeah, you know, you're from Reno. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you guys have your business in Sparks. What is something cool or unknown 
about downtown Sparks that people need to know about now that you guys are down there? Honestly, pines? no. <laughs> the The culture of Sparks is incredible. Uh, the The people that are down in in our area are it kind of has like small town feel um, still, and so when they're supporting the businesses in downtown Sparks, they're supporting like fellow local Nevadans, which is incredible. Uh, and I think in most most cases people don't understand like the effect that it has on their local economy when they when they hang out and do stuff in downtown sparks and i didn't know it was that way i didn't know that how inter intricate and intertwined the whole community was down there so um it's i it's something that i'm impressed with in many ways that's cool you know uh they, you know, spending money locally, the, the money stays there. Like it gets reinvested in the community. So like, you know, you guys have a business, your business makes money. You are, you're spending that money here locally. It's, it's good for everyone. Like we said earlier. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really, you know, downtown sparks that people look at us, you know, the, what they remember is the thirsty Thursdays and the farmer's market and the, um, those kind of events. And, we're in this, we're in this like kind of upper 16 year old, 17 year old teenage phase of our progression into adulthood as, as a community. And it's, um, it's incredible. I mean, you look at the, the movie theaters down there and the revamp that they've done. Right. And, uh, you know, you got engine eight wine bar right there and Chewy mm -hmm. and what he means to the community in that area. And then pinion and, um, Oski's. I mean, Oski's is the OG on the block. Listen to Oski's. So, yeah. so many good times I've had there. Blind yeah. Onion, too, that's been there forever. Rad. I mean, and so we, I mean, literally when we went in there, our goal was was to accentuate, not to like Take obliterate. Away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we really just, I mean, look at Patty. Patty at Patty and Irene's and uh, how she's reinvented that bar and, and kind of created uh, the opportunity for herself to succeed long-term down there next to Great Basin. And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of forward thinking going on in, the, in this market. And, and then if you go up the road, you got the Huntsman and those guys and mm -hmm. they're doing great things. And I mean, Sparks is up and coming and we just want to be, part of the progression but the, the the fact is is that people still view it as like a one-stop shop place and in actuality there's there's so much there's so much more culture down there than is perceived mm -hmm. um because we're we're not we haven't been just overrun by like the big conglomerates and you know besides the nugget mm -hmm. that's it so right. it's been no. pretty rad no, especially because I know a lot of people that like work for like Tesla and stuff. They live down there because they could afford mm -hmm. that um, that you know city kind of living out there. Yeah. So it's just like they love it down there because they could just walk out their door and they could get beer. Uh, they could get you know they could go to the movies. There's dining there and there's things like that. You know, so it's just like you know it's the culture is is definitely changing in Sparks. And I'm happy for it. But yeah, like a lot of people from those companies are living down there. I think I think Sparks has a, a beautiful thing happening where um, you know they've there there's only so much room down there mm -hmm. as far as us being able to like grow. Yeah. Um and they've done a really good job of, of putting the people in before they put the businesses in in many ways which is kind of retro conceptual or old, like the city of Reno put all the businesses in and then has to retrofit all the places to mm -hmm. the, to, to the businesses or to the, uh, to the livings, which is why you're seeing like the montage is the old flamingo. Mm -hmm. You know, they knocked down this and put up a new condo, you know, and you know, the city of Reno 
is a phenomenal place to do business in, but the city of Sparks is leaps and bounds um, if ahead of where they should be. And if they took themselves just a smidge more seriously um, and, and became real advocates, then things would, things would change even faster for that area. Hmm. No, agreed. Yeah, I know eventually the long-term plan is to kind of connect the two cities down 4th Street, like, you know, from basically where you guys are all the way to downtown Reno yeah. and mm. make it one, you know, place where there are businesses and people do live and can go and, you know, get food and have a good time. That's kind of a scary concept, I mean, in many ways, because what both cities keep doing is pushing the buck on the homeless population in many ways. And, mm -hmm. and what they, what they seem to be doing is like the city of Sparks pushes them West and the city of Reno pushes them East. And, uh, you know, they just moved that new homeless shelter into the area, um, where the, what was that place called? RC surplus or twin city surplus was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there. there's like a tent, and where they could get food at, but it's not necessarily a shelter. It's just a place right. where they could get some like amenities, you know? And this is the thing, like you, like you were saying, they're pushing people instead of like making facilities for them to sleep. So this is right. the thing. This is the thing I always get mad at. Cause me being a street photographer, I see it all the time. They're just pushing people out of forestry street because then now that's the brewery district. Right. So right, like right. they want to get them out of there but they're not giving them a place like there's like a woman's shelter. So what's going to happen yeah. is like, there's going to be a woman's shelter somewhere else. And then the men's shelter is still going to be downtown, but they're really not giving them a place for them to like reside other, like other cities now, like San Francisco, there's hotel vouchers where they could like go into a hotel. If you um, qualify for it and you could live somewhere. So I'm a huge advocate for like long-term sustainability. Yes. And um, I, I just don't see the way that this city is progressing and the speed it's progressing at. Um, there's not been one person on either side of the board that is really advocating for finding an answer to not putting people out of, out of work and out of homes, you know, and then you look at the rent crisis that's going to be coming up. They keep pushing it off, and all it's doing is creating larger problems on yes. a on a large scale. Well, it's just um, yeah, it's just a reflection of our society in general. It's just that you know the people yeah. who are richest are benefiting from all this. Mm -hmm. People yeah. who are wealthy, and it just keeps pushing out. You know the the people at the bottom keep getting you know the short end of the stick as it, gentrification goes on. Like we've already yeah. seen it where we where I live, you know, over in, you know, the Southwest Reno Midtown area, it's going on in Wells, just like now it's going, it's moved over into downtown Sparks and it's kind of just spreading between the two places. But the thing is, it's like those people have to go somewhere. They have, they, you know, mm -hmm. you're not, pro you're, yeah, you know, yes, it's good that businesses are moving in and stuff, but you're not providing uh, resources and things that the people living there need you know, so they they can benefit from these things too. No, just right. And then mm -hmm. when you look at like a product model, sorry, mm -hmm. see, uh, like the Marcy projects in New York, those were those were created in the eighties uh, because of of rent uh, rent adjustments because the rent prices in New York, everything was going fucking crazy, yeah. and so what the city of New York did is they put a rent they put a, you could only raise your rent a certain amount. And so what the people that own these buildings did is they turned 40% of their properties into commercial properties so that they didn't get hit as hard by it because they could charge whatever they want for commercial. And then they got rid of 40% of the houses. And so the Marcy projects were built as a result of this. And so then you throw this whole diverse group of people into the projects and then you wonder why you, you deal with complex issues 30 years later. It's because you've got, you've literally built a hive that's floor by floor different than where you had blocks that were mm -hmm. different. And in New York specifically, 
San Francisco specifically, when you go block to block to block to block, things are different. Mm-hmm. And, but when you put those blocks on top of each other is when you start to deal with, you know, complex issues on a, on a very rigorous scale. And that's what the city has to really figure out is like, as we, as we progress into the, you know, I, I would say in the next five years, we'll be close to a million people in this region, um, which would be a $400,000 person influx, which sounds asinine, but I, I it's honestly believe that. It is happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that's the, but the, the 40,000 people that were putting out of house and their kids out of house and, and we're putting them out of work. And that's, that's the, I mean, essentially the issue with putting unskilled workers, as they say, there's, there's quote marks around unskilled uh, and being bartenders and restaurant workers out of work and kind of flushing them into the, into the system. That's the danger of that is that you're, you're putting them behind the eight ball moving into the future in a, in a culture and a, a growing economy that they can't afford already. And now you're putting, you're putting them six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, six months behind uh, with very little support. And, and that's, I think, I mean, that's, this is a problem. It's not, you mm-hmm. know, specific to Reno, like this is no. going on all over the country. Yeah. And that's even worse because, you know, there's, if a problem's so widespread, there's gotta, the solutions are gonna have to be equally yeah. as widespread. I, I think that honestly, I, I, if I, if I had my way, uh, I would go back. If my wife wasn't a city person, I would go, I would go back to agricultural style living. I really would. Um, I, you know, self-sustainable style. And, um, maybe that comes from a, a bit of like history, uh, being being from here for a long time and and coming from a family of ranchers but people need to start thinking about self-sustainability on a on a day-to-day level and a month-to-month level and a year-to-year level and stop thinking about easy money in many ways Um, because there is no there's no longer any easy money they need to project into the future, and that and that's what they're not doing. It's just they're thinking about now, like you say, and they're not projecting one year, three years, five years, no. six years, and how it's going to go down. And I feel they're just thinking about too much of now when the city, every city is going to grow, and they need to think about yeah. the future. I mean, if. When I look at Nevada as a state, there's plenty of affordable places to live in Nevada. But people want to be part of the hub. They want to be part of the Hubble bubble. And I I think that's a a God-given right. But if you look at like San Francisco, how many people can you fit on the island? Mm. Or on the peninsula, excuse me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They reached that max like 90 years ago. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, like the population of San Francisco has been static, you know, but it's and the it's rest been, of it sprawled out yeah, all around it. It's been areas, fucked but up like since then. Mm-hmm. Right. But all these, so all these people that are bitching about housing prices and rent prices and this and that, like I empathize with them incredibly, but at the end of the day, are how afraid of you, how afraid of a 30 minute drive are you to firmly to live in firmly or Fallon or one of these outlying counties or or communities that like, so you don't want to pay $1,800 a week for rent, but you also don't want to pay 1200 bucks in Fernley and then commute for 200 bucks and net $400. And that's the, that's the problem. We're, we're such a, like a right now driven society that we've, we've lost track of the idea that like, you can literally own a house in Fernley or Fallon for the price that you're living in Midtown. Mm-hmm. But then you want to bitch about rent increases in Midtown. And it's that's the, the flip side of that is that Fernley and Fallon don't have the services and the things that, you know, we have here. Like, you know, there's not as many, jo- right. like not, they, there's not jobs there. Mm-hmm. And there's, and like, 
you know, then you're talking, you know, this, and it's also like, about commuting, that, commuting that far mm-hmm. isn't sustainable though, either, because, you know, like you're, you're, there's all sorts of extra costs that go mm-hmm. into that. Like, it's not just about the cost of money. It's like yeah. the cost of like time and your life, like, and it's, I agree. But it's also about perspective because people live right. in Sacramento that commute to San Francisco every day. So they're like right. w- their work day is 12 to 13 hours. Yeah, that's not like that's yeah, that's my point. Like that's not sustainable though mm-hmm. either. Like that no, can't exactly. be the solution. Right, but when we when we were living in so I was living in Spanish Springs before we just moved into our new house uh about a year and a half ago. And it would take my wife 50 minutes to, to go to work, drop like to get to work in Reno. And we were paying, you know, we, we paid top dollar at that point in time. And so my point is, is that people have gotten comfortably numb with the idea of, well, I want to be able to go to these bars at this time and walk there and do this. And, and that's, I mean, but you can't, you, this is a cake and eat too. Like you, you either have to be okay with the rent prices and the, the upward economics of a growing area like Midtown or downtown Reno or, you know, Northwest Southwest Reno and hope that you got in at a, at a time that is early enough, or you have to move outside and then commute into those regions. It's like how many people are moving to, like the areas next to the gigafactories, very few, but there, I mean, there's plenty of jobs there. There's plenty of commerce there, but the problem is, is that they want to, everybody wants to be next to the, the fun, to the action when the fun and the action doesn't pay the bills in the long run. And that's, I mean, that's kind of my point, Sean. It's not, it's not that people don't deserve to live and enjoy themselves. It's that people have gotten it confused that living and enjoying themselves is tertiary to supporting themselves in many ways. No, it's crazy. Cause like for me, where I work at, I see all those people and the people that are coming from other places because of the gigafactory and things like that, they are moving to like Fallon and Fernley. And their rent prices are out of control, you know? And I'm yeah. like, I mean, you know, for a, like a couple bedroom house, it could be like so much money and it's just out of control over there too. Cause they are so close to that thing. It just, there's no, there's no cap. There's no like in other cities where there's like um, the renters cap and things like that where you can't keep raising every year until you get a new tenant, you know? So it's just things I, like I that. I think once you, once you put a cap on it, then you, you actually lose inventory. So you, then you develop scarcity. And I mean, that's just like common economics, basically. Like it's, that's the crazy part about you. When you put a, that's, that's literally what New York did was they put a cap on rent prices and what, what most business owners or building owners in New York did was converted rental space, like home rental space into commercial rental space because they could charge whatever they wanted for commercial. And then all of a sudden you had 40% less homes. I mean, look at, uh, look at like the court street area in downtown Reno. Like those were all homes at some point in time, but they, it's more, profitable to make them commercial real estate uh there's i mean there's multiple areas in reno where you know right now you look at i look at the area next to wooster and and that region with the park lane influx of homes there and you have to have so if the city puts a state mandate or a county mandate on the number of homes per zip code they're going to hit it with that and then all of a sudden, all these people that live next, right next to Wooster are going to be put out of their house because they can't raise the price of, of rent any longer. It's not, it's not right. I'm not saying that it's right. What I'm saying is when you put a cap on it, it just reduces the number of homes and forces those people to go somewhere else, which there's, 
I don't know what the right answer is, but uh, you know, some forward thinking and maybe a a little a, a little bit more conversation on like where we're building and how we're building and things like that. I think goes a long way. Yeah, and where we want to go. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that was like the longest answer, but I forgot what we were talking about because I've I've drank so much beer. <laughs> It's fine because yeah, that, that's what happens. You get lost in the sauce that up in the mix. Yeah. But uh, I think the next one, what do you miss about lockdown? Like, what's the biggest thing you miss? My kids. So I stayed home with my kids for uh, two and a half months, and it was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, my wife would leave at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I and she'd come home at about five, and I'd, you know, sneak downstairs for a cup of coffee, wake up, you know, throw some TV on, mm -hmm. hang out with my kids, yell at them a bunch, and then make them lunch, put them down for nap, and then wake up and have some fun with them. And uh, I miss that interaction. Like I, since since things got lifted, I've I've been just straight work. I've been doing. 60 70 hour weeks and uh i miss my family very much yeah especially in your situation yeah yeah i mean it was kind of like a there was a a do or die there where it was when we opened back up there was a comfortable numb but we were making things back and mm -hmm. um but like my kids were sick of seeing me um, <laughs> and and so i was able to like go out and kind of like reinvigorate what you know yeah. my my cultures that i that i have and uh and then when we got shut back down it's like i had to find it wasn't an option to go back to watching my kids because they had gone back to school and they'd become more involved in what that you know we'd become more comfortable with that so the the really hard part for us was like what um like I don't get to spend as much time with them as I used to. And, um, not being dad is, is like, and husband in many ways is very, uh, is very hard on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Cause being dad is an awesome thing and it sucks when it's just taken away even a little bit. Like I, like I, like I understand that I love being a dad so much. It's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the point where it's like, I'm, I, w I want to enjoy them when they're 12. And so I got to just work my ass off and make things right until then. And my kids are five and three. So I got 10 years of servitude, basically. <laughs> yeah. But I see that. Hustle now. Hustle now. Hustle now. Yeah. So you, so you could chill later. Like, that's the thing. And like, like, being a being a dad and being a good dad, it's love being dad. You know, like I love being there. I love saying no. I love saying yes. I love like, you know, like, be like hey, don't tell mom we're having a cookie. You know, like shit like that. Yeah, I mean, my wife gets all the like, no, all the ice cream moments right now, mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, like, I, I see that. Like before. Before she'd be like, she'd come home from work and be like, "How did you get him to go down for a nap? How did you get him to do this?" And I'd be like, "Cause I'm the motherfucker, man. That's yeah. what I do, you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and now, and now, like, it's just like, I come down. I like, I wake up in the morning at like six thirty, seven o'clock at mm -hmm. the latest, and I, I like stumble down the stairs, and I'm like. I'm like, what up, King? And that's my son's name, Kingston. Mm -hmm. And and he goes like this. And then I'm like, I'm like, Ainsley, what's going on, yo? And like, she's just like, hey, don't talk to me. I'm like, what in the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, and so I used to be able to. I had. I used to have like ten hours to break down those walls. Yeah. Now I got like literally 15 minutes to mm. chug a cup of coffee tell them to go fuck themselves 
and get out the door. Yes. No, ex- exactly. Because mom is usually that gets all the love. I get the fucking least because I'm the the stern guy here. You know, like yeah. Yes, no. I'm the, I'm I'm like Judge Dredd over here. That's what I say. I'm like Judge Dredd. So like mom gets all the love, but lately Leia's just been wanting to chill with me, you know, and I'm like, this is awesome. This is good. Oh man. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Yeah. I'm like you wanna you wanna oh, hang, uh, hang out with dad, fucking talking shit all day? Yeah. I wish. <laughs> like I'm I'm like I'm like, hey, let's come over here. Let's watch a let's watch a show. What do you want to watch? And they're like, fuck you, I'd rather watch my phone. <laughs> no, I, I got Leia. She's uh, we were watching some Batman shit. As long as there's like cartoons and like colors, she's about it. So we've been like into some Batman shit. So it's good. I introduced the kids to Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. and and now it's like, hey, do you guys want to watch Scooby Doo? And they're like, Mom, do we want to watch Scooby Doo? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, you motherfuckers! I'm gonna. I swear to God, if you see Mom one more fucking time, don't go to the dark side. You. Don't go to the dark side. No, I'm just, I, I, I fucking, I love my kids. Yeah. They, but I just, I miss being dad. That's mm-hmm. it. So, uh, last, last one. What's the first thing you're going to do when this is all over? I'm going to, uh, buy a couple of blotters of acid and, uh, go out in the hills with my wife and drop acid. <laughs> facts i'm just gonna like mm-hmm. we're gonna go out and go camping or go out to pyramid or do something and like hand the, the kids over to my parents and be like hey i know you haven't seen these assholes in about 18 months so here you go i'm gonna throw them at them and then we're gonna go get drunk and do acid and light a big bonfire and hang out <laughs> so, nice. sounds fantastic <laughs> right well, Tyler, you're well, the, that was, uh, Tyler, that was the meandering question. Tyler, you're the only one that made it through the meandering questions. Yes. There's so meandering that we actually lost someone. Yes. Well, we but he's, he's, I think he, we lost one for sure. He's probably meandering on something else, which is totally fine. Anyone want to talk about local events? Uh, just Reno Bike Night every Wednesday. At uh, 7.45 at the plaza, a lot of people on bicycles are meeting and just riding like 10 miles or so, and it's awesome. I wish I could do it, but I'm a dad, so and that's a school night, so I can't. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, if you can, uh, 7.45 at the plaza, and just go ride bikes with friends and have fun, do shenanigans, and it's a good thing. Sounds amazing. Yeah, Tyler, we I want to thank, thank you and uh, uh, Carlos for mm-hmm. for coming on. Uh, tell people, you know, the give them the spiel about packs and pints and your hours yeah. and everything. Lay it out there. Uh, you know what? We're a lot like this podcast in many ways. Um, we're imperfect, but we're trying to become perfect in many ways. And uh, I, I'm just thankful for the chance to come on here and talk with a couple of friends and hang out and have some beers. And that's what I think Pax and Pints is in the long run is a place where you can have a couple beers and a cocktail and have some good conversation and some good fun. And uh, there's no judgment, no bullshit. Um, it's a free space. That's it. So yeah, Pax and Pints on Victorian Square, right next door to the cantina, right? Yes, sir. Nine four four. We're in the W R Adams building. Um, it's the second oldest building in downtown Sparks. Nice. Um, yeah, it. We repurposed it to be this place, and uh, we're stoked with everything about it and if you have any uh gripes about it then put it in our um, <laughs> info at 
paxandpints.com, which doesn't exist. <laughs> What's, what are your business hours right now with yeah. uh, everything? Because you can still order to go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been, we actually switched over to uh, completely delivery uh, services. Um, and you can find our menus on Untapped. And uh, we've been just trying to operate via text or phone calls to myself, Carlos, or Jacob Grusin, our, our manager. Uh, we are going to be loosening up things a little bit here in the next little bit, uh, mostly because we have to. But uh, if, if there's anything that anybody needs, tell them please to come and uh, give us a call and and bring the pain because we're feeling it. Yeah, I remember uh, when you guys first closed, my girlfriend was doing a pickup every, every Friday from you guys. Uh, yeah. So... Hopefully you guys can at least get that going and hopefully you can just open up soon. Like, you know, I, I like hopefully in the next few weeks, you guys get, they'll just, they gotta, they gotta let you guys, they gotta let the bars open up. We're, we're working on a few things um, to potentially increase our hours of operations and our accessibility. Uh, and I'm, I'm working with a bunch of different bar owners and we're kind of, developing a plan to not only help ourselves, but help other bars in the state. Uh, because if we would have done this nine weeks ago, we'd probably be open. But uh, <laughs> if we if we have to go another nine weeks, then um, I, there's not gonna be many of us left, I'll put it that way. Right. No, exactly, yeah. So, support, so make sure you support local people. Yeah. You, what, like your yeah. your average dollar does count make sure it goes to a local place instead to of a corporation. Yeah. I mean, we, we incredibly appreciate every, every dollar that's spent in our building. Um, it goes to our employees and to our products and to rent. There's not been a dollar taken out of that place in profit. I'll put it that way. Uh, this has become like a labor of love so much that I'm, I'm literally working around the clock trying to figure out ways to keep it open um and you know if, if that's not your sort of thing then uh, god willing like god bless you yeah. well uh make sure you guys support pax and pints whenever it uh things open back up remember uh up in the mix is available on all podcasting platforms including spotify so if you are listening Go subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite app slash service slash device. Because that helps as well. Like a like, a comment, that goes a long way for little guys like us. You can follow oh, yeah. us now on Twitter again at Up of the Mix One, at Up of the Mix One, Instagram or Up of the Mix Live. And uh, make sure you tune in to Caesar and I's radio show every Friday night on 97.7 K Wink at 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. playing nothing but the best in hip-hop. All the fuego that you will ever need. We give you what you need, not what you want. Before we go, Tyler, we got one last question for you. Um, what is one thing you want people to know about the business, about your business? We care. That's it. Uh, we care about the community that we're in. We care about our employees. Uh, we care about those susceptible to COVID. We, we literally care. Uh, we're not owned by a big conglomerate. We're not corporate. We're not anything but a couple of guys with a dream. And uh, we have families and people that we care about, and that's what we're doing. And I know that that might just be a stock fucking answer, but honestly, Not really. Not really. But it's real. That's like, it. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, like we I, like that's what meant so much about you guys asking us. Like we care about you guys. Like that's that's it. Like we from day one when we opened up the doors, we we agreed to a a transaction of caring about what the fuck we were doing. 
And that hasn't changed because of COVID. That hasn't changed because our circumstances changed. Like we just, we, we want to be in business. We want to care about what the fuck we're doing. And um, that's pretty much it. Well, we appreciate you, man. Definitely. Hey, we, we love you guys. Like, uh, we really appreciate coming on, on the show. I know Carlos is handling business. Well, uh, yeah, tell Carlos we thank him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we hope that uh, you guys, yeah. all the six, wishing and hoping for all the success for you guys. Open up the bars yeah. ASAP. So but, the, uh, so until next you, time. Yeah. Yeah, salute. So we gotta do a uh, show. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing. The, I'm doing the math. So we gotta do like show 153 in Germany <laughs> for uh, October. I'm, I'm fucking in. Let's fucking go. Yes, yes. I'm, yes. Let's let's fucking go. I'm in. But so salute to you, Tyler. Salute to you, Carlos. Are you two packs and pines? Everyone, go online, support them, and you know, support us comment subscribe and we're all family here not just the basic stay hydrated thing. yeah stay hydrated stay, <laughs> always stay cool hydrated. yeah stay out of the smoke and stay woke yes support all Bar, of us <laughs> so uh thanks for listening guys and thanks for being on the show cheers Well, there you have it, hip hoppers and mark ass busters, baby mamas and nine to fivers. This is another fine ass edition of Up in the Mix with Captain Kulo, the truth, and the token white guy. I just want y'all to know last time I got blowed, Snickers bars was a nickel. This is AKA Most Deaf, AKA El Negro, AKA Grumpy, AKA Jamal after 2.15 a.m. saying peace and hair grease. Make sure you follow at www.upinthemix.live and Della Photorino. That's D E L A F O T O R E N O. So until next time, stay black. Stay black.